0: Dads, here's to you. <laughs> yeah, and all of our dads, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. You know, this is a little tradition that we have around here, Dad's root beer on Father's Day. Um, you know, I, I believe, I don't know, the, I didn't, haven't done the research on it, I haven't. So I don't know this for a fact. I assume that someplace somebody said, Boy, Dad's root beer that he made was really good. I'm going to sell it, become a millionaire. Um, what I know is dad, dad made memories for somebody. Somebody's dad made memories out of dad's root beer. Anyway, I just today, today dad's um, happy Father's Day to all of you. And um, uh, Josh and I are going to do this together today. Uh, so we're going to do a father-son
1: thing today. Anyway, and so um, to all of you, God bless you. I, 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 I hope you brought your lunch. So... Getting both of us up here on stage. I know, pushing I, it, huh? I got mine. You got your line. <laughs> yeah, i ready to go. Right. <laughs> What's that? Okay. What's in there? What's in
0: here? Okay, we're going to do something. When you came in, you received a piece of paper, some of white or some of pink, because we're, sh- we're secure in our manliness. And, um, <laughs> and um, uh, we're going to do a, a, ra- a drawing. It's not a raffle, it's a drawing. Next Sunday, in between services... We're gonna have a raffle out here. So as people are leaving and coming in, we're gonna have a party out here next Sunday morning. Okay, come prepared for a party in between the two services. But we're gonna we're gonna give away next Sunday morning in honor of all of our dads and for Father's Day, we are gonna be giving away a Duck Dynasty T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Brothers of the Beard. Okay, so this this. This could be yours if you're here next Sunday for the in-between service party. Uh, anyway, so ha- we're going to have some fun with that. It's not really my lunch. Okay. Yeah.
1: Josh. All right, a few announcements to go over before we, I don't know, do our thing. Anyway, uh, you know, next week we're having auditions for people that have musical ability, and I, I am not one of them. I don't know when, when Patrick was doing the clapping thing. I don't know if you paid attention to me. I was having a hard time <laughs> following along. So it's just better that I don't clap or sing or, or any of that. But I know that there's people out there that have talent. So we want to invite you. Yes, what? It's the 30th. I'm sorry. The 30th. I, I can't read either. <laughs> um, the 30th. And it's going to be after church on Sunday. And so if you, want to, if you would like to, you know, if you have an instrument, if you play an instrument, if you sing... Uh, you know, even if you uh, have technical abilities, we always need sound people. So basically, if you want to be involved in our worship ministry, this is your opportunity to, to sign up. There's a sign-up out there, and I want to encourage you to do that if you have talents. Um, anyway. <laughs> Okay, TP Camp is coming up. You can sign up on that on your bulletin. Next Sunday morning at 9.30 is our 201, which is our spiritually uh, mature class. So if you're, if you're taking the 101, if you're finding this place to be your home church, you get into deeper issues of our values and our lifestyle. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, just dinner is what we're doing over the summer. We're not going to be doing the Alpha program or the marriage course or... You know, a, a 20-week study of the book of Acts or any other church-type program. It's just dinner. It's, it, it's not that complicated. But we want to encourage everybody that is sitting in a seat to have dinner with somebody this summer. And you can have, more, I'm are going to limit it to one, you could, you could have dinner with somebody every week. But we want this is this is a challenge for you, and I know it's difficult, especially if you're new. It's new. It's hard to get to know new people, and uh, we'll share more about that next week. But uh, I'm gonna we're gonna challenge you to just have dinner with somebody, and if you'd like to uh, open up your home to be a host home, there's a bubble for that, and so you could fill in that bubble. If you don't like to have people over to your house, I understand. Or you don't like going to people's houses. There's things called restaurants, <laughs> and uh, you could go to a restaurant too. And you could basically kind of be the host of a restaurant meeting. Okay, no, not just restaurant. Uh, just a restaurant. Yeah, you yeah. could, you could, uh, you could just basically be the point person for that. So if you just kind of want to be a host or a point person, fill in that bubble. This is your opportunity to. Uh, You know, invite people that you know that that are your friends over for dinner but also look for people to invite and again if you want to push in and meet some people in the church this is a great way to do it and uh, we'll talk more about it next week Uh, let's see, a lot of other announcements on your bulletin, read that but for sake of time I think we're going to stop there and we'll get into the message Uh, let's pray Father we thank you for this day, we thank you for great dads all over the place and God, uh, I pray that you will bless them today and this will be an incredible uh, day. And as we open up your word and we, we try to see what it means to have a heavenly father and the power of that, I pray that it will, it will change our lives today. In your name, amen.
0: You know, a couple years ago, or several years ago, really, there was a book came out called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Anybody read that book? Anybody read it? Okay. You know, the, guy, the guy went bankrupt, by the way. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Um, or one of his companies did. But what he did is he was. Um, this book is kind of based on how do you want to think? Uh, if you read the book, you, you kind of know a little bit of the of the idea behind it. But what he was saying is he had a he had a, a, a you know a natural dad, and then he had a um, a stepfather, and um, one of them was poor, and uh, one of them was rich. And he's basically saying, which one do you want to identify with? What do you want to re- identify, you know, do you want to pattern your life with the habits of the, of the rich father or do or have the poor father? And as Josh and I were talking about the sermon, uh, we're putting the pieces together. And um, we're talking about, you know, we have a choice of, really, we have a choice of two fathers. We really do. We have a, a good father or we have a bad father.
1: Yeah. Um, you want to get your Bibles out? We're going to read about the bad dad. I'm going to be doing the section about bad dads. (laughs) The bad dad, right? Uh, John chapter 8. And uh, we're going to be looking at verse 42. But before we read, um, I I was looking, trying to find something appropriate on the internet. (laughs) Um, I know, huh? Uh, Trying to find something funny or appropriate to show of maybe dads misbehaving or doing silly things or, you know catching themselves on fire, but none of it's appropriate. Um, so I'm gonna ta- I want to tell a couple of stories first. Um, uh, dads, uh, my, my dad and myself and my grandpas were notorious for telling terrible jokes. And I know that, that you've all fallen victim to a bad dad joke. Some people just haven't that, <laughs> refined their sense of humor okay. yet. All right, so uh, one of my favorites from... Uh, Johnny, which is my mom's dad, my grandpa, on my mom's side, was, hey, Grandpa, did you get a haircut? No, son, I got them all cut. You, you <laughs> I know, just bad. Oh. Yeah, I know, get a haircut, got them all cut. I know, it's bad. Uh, you know, The other one is, you know, and then his dad, so they're both with the Lord, uh, would be, you know, Pops, I'm really hungry. And it was either, well, you got two arms, go fix yourself something to eat. <laughs> so That was one of them. Uh, The other one was, "Hi, hungry. My name is Pops." (laughs) So, I know, bad. uh. All right, does anybody have any good dad jokes, appropriate, in good taste and clean, clean, appropriate, good dad jokes? Raise your hand. Yes, Teresa. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like an Okiism. We got Okiisms too. Yeah. Stranger than snake suspenders. All right. (laughs) Um, Anybody else got a good dad joke? Good dad saying? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah. 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 That's an oakyism, too. Yeah, it is. All right. True colors are coming out. So you know that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, my uh, his dad would never let me win at checkers. <laughs> Every, I was an only child. Okay. And I think, I guess I threw temper tantrums. I was a poor loser. Is that very, true? Very, very poor loser. No, it's not possible. And um, so, yeah, I guess, oh, I don't know. They spoiled me. They always let me win at games, except for Pops. And he would just whoop me in checkers and laugh and laugh. And I would be mad and stomping out. And he thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And um, and then Johnny would... would uh, sneak into my bedroom at five o'clock in the morning and he was really strong. He was he was an incredibly healthy man. And he grabbed me by the ankle and yanked me out of bed so fast that it hit the floor. And he says, Josh, you're gonna die in bed if you keep on sleeping. And he turned the hot water off on me and he gave me some other sage wisdom. He was the pastor by the way, but here was his sage wisdom. Um, he would say, Now Josh, if you ever go into the hospital and you have to stay overnight Make sure you make sure you take your plastic barf with you, so you can entertain the, the nurses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was a character.
0: Yeah, his 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 big enjoyment in life was going into a doctor's office and throwing down his plastic barf. Tell, somebody had an accident over here. You know.
1: uh. Well, all right. So one of my I got lots of dad stories, but one of my favorite dad stories with him. Well, there's lots of them. Uh, Some of them involved duct tape. Like one time he was at a metal grinder, and it was a big giant metal grinder, and he slipped, and he cut a groove into his hand like uh, three-quarters of an inch thick, and he got duct tape, taped it up, and went back to work. (laughs) You could see bone. I mean, yeah, it was just uh, among other things. But one of my favorite stories is, uh, I don't know, I was probably <laughs> eight or nine or ten. Or when we were doing all this work at the house, and uh, we were you're taking a load to the dump. We had a pickup truck and filled it up. It was Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, it was stacked so high and just tied, and it was, it was crazy. And we're going down vineyard, and there was, this, there was this big board that was starting to rattle off. I'm like, Dad, there's a, we're going to lose something off the truck. It's like, I don't worry about it, son. Just don't worry about it. I'm like, Dad, that that board's going to fall off. He says, if it falls off, it falls off. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, but Dad, there's a cop right behind us. Oh, no! Oh! Oh, no! And, and I could see this. I could see this board wiggling. And he's like, oh, no! 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 And then the thing falls off. It shatters in front of the cop. And the cop had to wor- swerve around. He's like, no! And uh, he, he didn't get pulled over, luckily. But I was laughing so hard, I couldn't, I was like peeing myself, I was laughing so hard. But those are, you know, if you think about your dads, whether good or bad, you have their DNA in you. And um, you're going to, what I've learned is I'm going to begin to look more and more like my father, right? So like if I do this, do I look, if I do this, do I look more like my father? So, right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get older and older, and uh, I'm going to begin to, you know, just, I, eventually I'm going to look just like him when I'm an old man, right? And it's just, that's the hard, rea- okay, well, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Dad. Um, when I'm older, sorry, when I'm mature, when I'm mature, we're going to look like, sorry, Dad. Um, you know, he's, he's really, he's really, you know, he does, he's not an old man, right? He can outwork anybody in this room, just so you know. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be looking more and more like him as I begin to mature, I guess you could say. Um, get old. When I get old. <laughs> but I don't know. At, at ten years, I didn't look as much like him. When I was a teenager, I definitely didn't look like him. But when I was a kid... I didn't look hardly anything like it. Maybe, you know, some of the facial things or whatever. And when I was a baby, there was nothing in common with maybe the exception of the hair. And, uh, <laughs> and so there was... Yeah, <laughs> but I had hair then. You did. Okay, that's right. He had hair then. Uh-huh. He also had these big, gnarly handlebar mustaches. You know, it was awesome. It uh, wasn't well, Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. Yeah, not, not a... And not then he had the mutton chops. <laughs> remember those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It was cool. Yeah. So I got uh, I got genetic DNA that's being passed down, and there's really no way around it. Uh, now, I came to realize something when we read this scripture. When the thing that popped out, you know, about uh, a good heavenly father, and then there is another father that we're going to read about in a second, and we have th- their spiritual DNA as well. All right. So now we're going to take it away from the biological father, and we're going to start looking at our heavenly father, or our not so heavenly father. Okay. We have two dads, and um, one of the things that I've, that I've been interested in lately is um, this idea that race doesn't exist genetically. It's a cultural thing. There's some, you know, there's some differences in in, in genes and so far, but so forth. But for the most part, everybody's the same. Uh, Race is a cultural thing; it's it's literally just skin deep and color deep. So there is no race. But what Jesus tells us in this scripture is actually there there are two races, there are two families, and there are two fathers, and they have and they dictate how we live our life. And so that's what we're going to read about. Uh, Chapter eight, the Gospel of John, chapter eight, verse uh, forty-two. Jesus said to them. If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. And this is the key verse. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Okay, this is, um, again, the, the audience is the Pharisees. Just, just for reference, he's, talking, he's addressing religious people. He's, he's, he's addressing the righteous. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil. This was, I mean, these are fighting words. Because they're going to say later, says we don't belong. Our father is Abraham. Our father is God. You know, how dare you say that we we belong to the father of the devil? And so, what is Jesus saying here? And and specifically, how can the devil be our father? Have you ever thought about that? Jesus is. Uh, He's giving a very narrow view of life and a very narrow view of spirituality. He's saying there's, no, there's two ways. There's the devil's way and there's God's way. And and they're going to dictate what you do and how you do it. And I'm going to be talking about the bad father. Now, what do we know about the bad father? Jesus tells us here specifically what he does. First of all, he says he's a murderer, he's a killer. And he's out. He he is out to kill the physical body, but what we know to be true is that he's more concerned about killing your spirit than he is about killing your physical body. Uh, I got a pen to this morning from my daughter, and it says, uh, "Victory over violence." And this is what we've been called to in the Christian life: is victory over violence in the spiritual world. God's after, or the, the devil's after, to kill you spiritually. You know, we have this misconception in our culture. That, you know, that evil is going to, you know, it's in the woods and it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill promiscuous teenagers in their cabin, right? In these horror <laughs> slasher movies, right? But he doesn't really care about them. He's more, he would rather kill your soul. He'd rather do violence to your spirit. What does that look like? Well, if he can lie to you, if he can say you are worthless, you you don't matter. You you are you are no good. You're never gonna be good. Uh, you know, God the Father is a he's a mean dad. He's a controlling dad. I'm fun dad. We're gonna have fun together and party. And if he begins to tell you those lies, he is he's doing violence to your soul, to your spirit. And we have, well, we live in a fallen world. And we are a fallen creature, fallen creation, and we are born with original sin. So when we begin to hear the lies of the enemy, they actually, it's not only his native language, it's our native language too. We were were born with that original sin, with that original sin language. So when he lies, it makes sense. When he lies, it actually gives us comfort. We think, yeah, that make, I, I, I get that. But there's also another part of you that is the image of God. You have that God spark inside of you, and that's what the devil's after. He wants to kill that before he kills your body. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if he kills you physically before he kills that God spark, you're going into glory. You're going into heaven. So he's not going to do that to you. He'll keep you alive and well. So, what does he do? Again, he begins to speak that native language of lying. Now, we know that one of the big lies, there's two big lies I want to talk about. The big lie that was in the Garden of Eden is, you can know what not God knows. You can be the master of your own destiny. You can make your own rules and write your own regulations You can do whatever you want. You don't need God. And when he begins to tell you those lies, you, believe it or not, you resonate with it, and I'll prove it to you. It's because we all say this to ourselves and situations that we're in, especially situations of authority. We say, you can't tell me what to do. No one tells me what to do. I am going places. I'm going to go up. That was the original sin of the devil. He said to God, you can't tell me what to do. I can create my own stuff, even though he's believing his own lie because he can't create a thing. And I'm going to elevate myself. When Jesus was on the planet, what did he do? He became less. He sacrificed. He, he said, it's not my will, but thy will. The will of the Father. And so the mark of... of uh, of a child of the devil is one that is controlled by their own impulses it's controlled by the lies of the devil that believes those lies and in turns empowers the liar and begins to unfold things that are not natural in the spiritual walk that are directly opposed to what Jesus says So that was one thing. The other major lie that the devil tells us that we believe is that we are not worthy. And believe it or not, the audience that Jesus is talking to, they have bought into this lie because they're actually looking at truth in the the, the face. they, They see Jesus physically, and they don't believe him because they came to the realization or they have tricked themselves into believing that they can get the God without jesus because they they know the rules and they're following the rules and it is their righteousness that's getting there and jesus says no it's not that's not true i am truth you only get into heaven you only get to the presence of god your father and that is through me that is the narrow road and he says in fact abraham who you say is your father if you keep on reading on chapter 8 Abraham, who you say is your father, he was rejoicing for this day when you see me. And so there's the, there's the thing. As a, okay, are you confused? Okay, who am I following? Who's, who's dictating the things that I do? Who is controlling me? Well, here's a good question to ask. Can you say, with all honesty, can you look in the mirror and say, Okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. Can you really do that? And can you say, I will rejoice in the day when Jesus comes back and restores everything. I will re- See, Jesus is either going to make you rejoice or you're going to be offended by him. Those are the two options that you got. If you really take a good hard look at who Jesus is and what he did on the cross... That's your option. Either you're going to be offended by him or you're going to rejoice in what he has done and what he's doing, what he's going to continue to do. Now, okay, this thing, remember the, the baby analogy that I did earlier? Let's just say that we went down to, I don't know, Holt Boulevard where, I don't, if you've been there lately, there's more and more ladies of the night that are walking the streets. I thought that was interesting. I, I just noticed that there's a, there's a little uptick in that lately. And let's say we lead a gal to the Lord. Now do you think that she's going to she may or, she may have a dramatic conversion where everything changes in, in one day. She wakes up the next morning and her life is completely different. She leaves her profession, she leaves the drug addiction, she leaves the brokenness. She's emotionally, physically and spiritually restored on the spot. Okay, that does happen. But most cases it is process. In most cases, it is process. And in our experience in church life, that we expect somebody that is a baby in Christ that has said, it's very difficult right now, but not my will, but your will be done. And I'm really excited about Jesus. I rejoice in Jesus. If we've got that, then everything else is growth beyond it. Now, you can have the perfect person, the moral person, the, the Pharisee, who's got it all together. They don't cheat on their taxes. They don't, they don't do bad things, right? But if they're unwilling to say, Now, it's my will. I don't want God in this area of my life. I want to control. And in fact... I, just, I would prefer if Jesus just stayed out of things. I don't want him coming back at all. I don't want to have the experiences. I, just, I would rather, rather maintain control. Both. Okay, if you think about eternity, if you think about 10,000 years or a million years after that, what is, uh, what is the gal going to look like compared to the moral Pharisee in a million years? Who's going to look more like Jesus? one of the most
0: unique things about Christianity is our Heavenly Father Um, of all the religions that men have created uh, on planet earth where there are more thousands and thousands and thousands of them you know that only in Christianity and Judaism is God referred to as, as a father you know a lot of times you'll hear me say things during especially during communion service that um, when we take communion it's a sign that religion is dead and relationship is alive and that's the whole message of of, of the Christian faith is that that religion this this striving to to please this angry God it's over with and God has brought us into his family when when The disciples say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he says, okay, do it like this. What are the first two words? Our Father. (laughs) Our Father. Our Father. He's saying, this religious stuff is dead. It is the Father relationship now. It's all the rights that you have being brought into the family of God. It is the blessings of God. It's the protection of God. It is the the love of God that that's on you. And so when we talk about about our Christian faith and about our Father, which Father are we are we serving? You know, Bob Dylan wrote a song. Many of you know this, but Bob Dylan had a very radical encounter with with Jesus Christ. I'm not sure what happened after a period of time, but but um, I know that um, he he was saved, radically saved inside of. Um, of one of the churches that we were working with at the time, and uh, he wrote a song, and the song was, you know, you've got to serve somebody. You know, you're going to serve somebody, one way or the other. You're going to serve somebody, and, 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 and it's the truth. We're going to serve somebody. We're going to either serve God, or we will serve this other bad father. We'll serve a loving heavenly father. Or this, this evil father who intends nothing but destruction for you. And so we're, we're on this path. And Josh has used a word picture of a person coming to, to know Christ. But we're all on a path to, to serve God. And sometimes it's, it's a smooth path. Sometimes it's a rough path. i have got a couple of vehicles up here. Uh, this was made for a rough path. Maybe some of you say, that's my baby right there. <laughs> uh, I need a mountain bike for my, for my walk with God. I need something because there's the, the 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 trail is rough and it's hard. Maybe some of uh, some others. Maybe even over a period of time, it changes from a rough mountain path to where you can drive down the freeway at at a 65 mile an hour. No one right here would ever go over 65. I know. Um, but you know what? You can't take this. You know, you can take this bike and you can go up the up the uh, the uh, the uh, trail. Uh, you can get, even get off of the trail. And you, you can journey on that path and you can make it very well. This, you can't. It wasn't made for that. And so, God has designed us to be able to, to handle the trail in front of us. And God's made it possible for you to travel where you are. And your Heavenly Father is going to be there with you. Your Heavenly Father, is, because He is a God of love and a God who intends you to live forever with him is not is not playing tricks on you you know um, While in, inside of the the Old Testament There are only two real places where, where God is referred to as the Heavenly Father in uh, the Jews had somewhat of an understanding of this they, you know, Isaiah talks about him being the father, and David in, in Psalms writes about him as being the, the father. But Jesus comes along, and, and this is where he, he does away with his religious stuff, and he says, You're called into relationship. And as a matter of fact, there are 53 times in the New Testament where Jesus says, My Father. My Father. My, 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 my Father in heaven. But he doesn't stop there. He also in his re- revelation, of, you know, I'm saying, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he, he's laying out this thing of this is what God is like. This is how he is. And so 21 times in, in, in the Gospels, Jesus is going to say, Our Father. You know, not just you know that 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 we are you know we are in the family of God together, and He is our heavenly Father, but He doesn't stop there. Another 21 times He says, "Your Father," "Your Father." One of the most important places that He He says, "You know, Your Father" is when He's, is in you know in in Ma- in Luke in chapter chapter 12, when He's saying that. You know, don't, look at the birds of the field. Wow, they're, they're all over the place. Look at the flowers. They're, they're dressed beautifully. And he says, your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things are going to be added to you. You seek your heavenly Father and watch how he is going to be adding great, great things to you. And the, the important thing about it is this, the relationship that we have is, is number one, that, that it's personal. That you have a personal relationship with God. And He is going to be, he, he's going to be your Father. And this Father, there are boundaries that a Father lays out. F- true fatherhood lays out boundaries. And this is how it's going to be. There's another thing about, about the relationship we have with God is that it's it It's profound. It's personal. It is. It's intimate. It is something that God has designed it for a relationship with you. You hear us say around the church a lot that God has no grandkids. He has no grandkids. He only has kids. He only has a personal relationship with each one of you. God has no idea what it's like to be a grandfather. He doesn't have the attitude of spoil him, take him home. (laughs) Our Heavenly Father takes responsibility for us. And you see, when Jesus is, is explaining these things, that your Father knows that you have need of these things. If you're on a rough road that requires a mountain bike experience at the time, your Heavenly Father knows that. If you're in a season of your life where you can, 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 can buzz down the freeway in a, on, on, you know, on, on a big bike, your Heavenly Father knows that. And He has a personal relationship with each one of us, knowing right where we are and being personally involved in each one of us. When God, the Heavenly Father, was laying out these, these guidelines for, for His kids... He begins to reveal himself. They had come from, a, from the, the intimacy of Adam and Eve in the garden. And then it deteriorated into to almost nothing to where Abraham seeks. It was, There's got to be this God out there somewhere. And Abraham seeks God and, and he finds God. And then in this covenant relationship, God says, I'm going to begin to reveal myself to you and from you is going to come a family and from this family is going to come ultimately the Messiah the one that's going to is going to to pay the price to restore what has been lost but I'm gonna reveal myself to you God puts Abraham through something that honestly there has been no other father on the face of the earth that God has asked this of and he will never ask it again but God goes to Abraham and he says to Abraham, "I want you to show your love to me, and I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. I made a promise that you're going to to be the father of a nation, and through you it's going to come a promise and I, but um, yeah and here you have only one son one 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 son by the marriage that I have blessed and um, um, I want you to um... Sacrifice him. I don't know. But Abraham trusted God. Most of you know the story, that Abraham takes Isaac and says, "Hey Isaac, we're going to go on a trip. We're going to. It wasn't we're, it wasn't like we're going to go to the dump." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think every father should take their, their their sons to the dump. There's just a that's a bonding, bonding time. Yeah. It's a bonding time of going to the dump together, you know. Uh, I went to the dump with my dad, you know, um, but um, but he tried to load down better, okay. <laughs> um, but he said, "Son, we're gonna go. We're gonna go on a trip, and we're gonna go make a sacrifice to to, to God." And, oh, where, where are we gonna go? Well, we're, we're just gonna go on this trip. Make the sacrifice. So we're, we're, okay, we got the wood. We got the, we got the fire. We got the donkey to carry the wood. We're out of the sacrifice. Don't worry, son. Don't worry. And out of that, there's a phrase that, that, that comes out of that. And that phrase is Jehovah Jireh. It's in Genesis in, in chapter 22 and verse 14. Jehovah Jireh. The passage is, is, don't worry, son. Jehovah Jireh. God will... Provide. God will provide Our Heavenly Father is going to provide for us here And see some of you You need to have God revealed to you in this way of Jehovah Jireh That God will provide Maybe you're at a place in your life to where your back is up against the wall And you're fighting against a lot of odds You know, And it's just an impossible situation that you were in And you need to have this encounter with, with, with Jehovah Jireh That God's going to provide I know my, our whole life, Janice and I have, we've have had the experience of Jehovah Jireh that God will provide. God's going to provide for us and He's always provided. When we obey God, He will be there to provide. When we start excluding God from our plans and we say, God, we, we, we take this, this, this bad, bad father attitude. Don't worry, I'll take care of myself. We're excluding Jehovah Jireh. We're excusing the provider out of our life. We're saying, "You go away. I'll take care of my life." And all of a sudden, we realize that we don't. And so, as as Abraham takes Isaac up the up 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 the mountain, and as he is as he is willing to obey God, then God provides the sacrifice. And in in, in Genesis, and let's go ahead and put that passage up on the up on the screen. And in Genesis, um. In chapter chapter twenty two, verse fourteen, and Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, that God's going to provide for you. And to this day, said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Do you know that the same mountain that Abraham took Isaac up to, that uh, that uh, several hundred years later, that that would be the same mountain that Jesus died on. Jehovah Jireh, folks. Mm. God provided. Another way that God revealed Himself to, as He's explaining to people who He is and the, the loving Father, Heavenly Father that He is, is that in, in the, the, the children of Israel had rebelled against God And they were, they were in that typical place What God promised them I'm going to take you in, into the promised land If you serve me, I'll, I'll hold back the, 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 the devourer I'll, I'll hold back those things that, that are raised up against you But they went their own way And uh, they quit serving God And the invaders began to come in and, and God raised up something called the judges And one of the judges, Gideon they were, they were in a ter- place of turmoil, in a place of, of great difficulty. Every time they would just about get the break, the invaders would come in and steal their crops or their, take their money away from them or you know, t- t- take all of their peace away from them. And they were always in a place of turmoil. And in this place of encounter, that, 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 then God reveals himself and he says that, I am Jehovah, and most of you know the word, Shalom. I am the God of peace. I'm going to give you peace in the middle of difficulties. But you see, God's peace is conditional and the condition is you've got to do it my way. You can't rebel against God and say, God, where is your peace? It is you are Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to to serve you. I'm going to follow you. Our children this summer are going to, in our vacation Bible school, are going to, to have an incredible encounter with those incredible judges. You know, Jonathan and Ruth have put together a program. They, they, they do this. They're so creative. and It's a program that, you know, you, you can't go to a Christian bookstore and buy this. They are giving it away to other churches and providing resources to other churches who, who want to do this. But, 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 but it's the value of knowing that when you do it God's way that we're going to have Jeho- Jehovah Shalom. He's going to be there. He's going he's to bring peace to, to you in those difficult situations, but the conditions. You know, we always say that with, behind every promise, there is a premise. God's Word is full of promises, but you want those promises of God, then you, you've got to do it His way. Another place when God is revealing Himself to, as a loving Heavenly Father to the children of Israel. In the book of Ezekiel, as God is laying out the fact that He has an eternal city for all of us. We're invited to spend eternity with Him. And that God is, is putting a plan together. And, and, and he's, got, he's got a plan for us to, to live with Him and, and to, to, to break the story down very quickly, he just basically says that I want you to know, I want you to dwell with me forever. I want you to live with me forever because I am Jehovah Shema. I am the God who is there. I'm there, baby. <laughs> I'm there. And God wants us to be in that place of saying, God, I know that, that you are with me. And this is the, the promise of Jesus is, the, is simply this. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am Jehovah Shem. I'm there. As another, and there's another time when the, the, the place that, that when, when we understand more about, about our loving Heavenly Father. It's a passage that you all know very well. And sometimes the word may not be, we may not understand from the the Hebrew, the word, but I am Jehovah-Rohi. Jehovah-Rohi, that's who he is. Yeah, we all call him Jehovah-Rohi. And you do. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If I allow him to lead me and to guide me in passive righteousness, I'm not going to be in, in one. The Lord's my shepherd. He leads me in passive righteousness. He leads me beside still waters. He anoints my head with oil. Just a real quick thing the purpose of the anointing of the, a, a sheep's head with oil was to get rid of the, um, the, um, the, 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 the pests that would crawl into their eyes. Lay eggs in their eyes and cause them to go blind. He's a good shepherd, folks. The Lord's my shepherd. And something else at the end of it. I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever because he's there. <laughs> he's there. Then the last one, and not the. Uh, not so much the last one in the point in the system of revelation of who he is. But the children of Israel in the wilderness had rebelled against God and they weren't doing it God's way. And there were some consequences that came out of rebellion towards God. And, uh, and uh, the snakes were coming in and they needed a healer. Moses put together a something. He says, If you look on this, this cross with the serpent on it, you're going to be healed. And he says, I'm Jehovah Rapha which means I'm the Lord, your healer. And God is our healer. We didn't have a prayer time today, but maybe some of you here this morning, you need, for, you need to have God reveal himself to you as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. A loving heavenly father who, who touches you at your physical point of need. And see, all of these, these, these five explanations of, of who Jehovah is, Je, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah, Shalom, Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah. This is who he is. He he says, I want you to see me as your heavenly father in this way. And I want you to understand that I've got a plan for your life. It's a plan that I'm not going to get rid of you. I'm not going to throw you away. But I'm going to bring you into my family. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so this, this morning... Well, it's Father's Day, and what I want you to know is that we all have a perfect heavenly Father. And as dads to you, all of you today, you may be struggling. You may say, oh, I'm, su- I'm such a, I-, I don't know about you, but so many times I, you know, as a father, I'm, God, I'm such a goofball. That's a Greek word. Uh, it means goofball. Sometimes I feel like more like Homer Simpson than I, you know, than I do a, a loving Heavenly Father. But what I do know is that I have a God who is there. I have a God who is, who is my healer. I have a God who will provide. And if I continue to go to Him and say, God, I want to do it Your way, that God's going to be there. My Heavenly Father's going to be there for me. To all of you dads, we live in a world that has undermined you, who has played down your role, who has tried to rob you of your identity and of, of who you are and what you are. We have a world that tries to, 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 to put us all in, 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 in cram us all into one box to where we're, we're all the same. But I'm going to tell you something, Dad, God God likes you the way you are. We live in a world that says if any man shows any kind of anger, then shame on him. He needs to, to not be that at all. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the sinless Son of God, had anger. And he even expressed his anger. You see, it's when ra- anger turns into rage that we sin. When we get into that place to where we are throwing and being destructive and calling names and, and using words, then we have stepped over in, in, into, in, into rage. Rage, the Bible tells us, is, is a deed of the flesh. It's a sin of the flesh. But as, 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 as well-balanced people of good, healthy emotions, which we're going to be working on in September inside of our church, of, of good, healthy emotions of being Christ-like. Of coming to that place and saying, I am angry at those things that tries to rob my family of health. I am angry of those, at those things that, 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 that robs my kids and tries to push my kids into ungodly molds. And being like Jesus and saying, and, and I'm not going to put up with it anymore. I will express my anger in a godly fashion. It will not be rage that destroys, but it will be an anger that protects And that's when Jesus went into the temple, and he cleansed the temple, and he was angry, folks. He was angry because he saw his prized relationship being shoved and pushed into a mold that wasn't right. And they were robbing them of relationship with the loving Heavenly Father. And so what I want to say to you dads this morning is, hey, dads, here's to you. Be angry when you see your kids being shoved into a corner of ungodliness. Dads, here's to you when you say, As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You know, dads, don't be afraid to be who you are. Do it in the love of God, do it in that place of God. When that rage comes in that place, take care of it. It'll it'll cause hurt. But don't be afraid to say I'm angry at what I see going on with my kids, with what I see going on with my with my inside of my household. And you know what? I'm not gonna put up with it. Because as a man of God, I'm drawing boundaries. I'm saying yes to the good father. And I'm saying no to the bad father. So dads, God bless all of you. Dads, God bless every one of you. And very seriously and very honestly, dads, here's to you. (laughs) Here's to you. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask the worship band to come to the front, and also going to ask the uh, the ushers to come to the front. Maybe some of you you got yourself backed into a corner in some places of finances because you maybe you haven't been doing it God way or God's way, or maybe you're at the place where you kind of feel like you're up on the mountain and say, God, are you going to provide? Hey, got Jehovah Jireh. Can you can you can you hap, can you lend a hand here? keep serving God. God's going to be faithful in tough times and hard times. God's going to be faithful because He's revealed Himself. He's revealed Himself. So, Father in Heaven, You are our Heavenly Father. You revealed Yourself to us. For God so loved the world that He gave. And you are a Heavenly Father who who just simply gives to us. And so many times we can be ungrateful. I thank you that you are a good Heavenly Father. Now bless today. Bless the hearts of Of dads that are saying, you know, I'm struggling. But, you know, I'm going to keep struggling forward. Bless the hearts of of moms and, 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 and sons and daughters that are saying, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. I want to speak those words of encouragement to all of our dads and say, God bless you. God bless you richly. Father as we give this offering to you today we do it out of grateful hearts and thankful hearts we drive that stake into the ground that you are the God of our finances as well you are the God who will provide thank you for your faithfulness to
1: us Lord, Amen